The year is 1975. Oh, I'm Dave. Right. God. I'm Zach. That bass is ridiculous. What are you... <laughs> <laughs> you can't even get through the intro? Good grief. So, Take I mean, people, two. People love it, but it's it just... Keep it, keep it, keep it down. Oh, my gosh. You keep your pants on this time, at least? The year <laughs> is 1975. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year. This is the reading club and podcast where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. This is our 1975 variant cover. That means we are responding to listener questions and feedback we got on the last two episodes, which covered Marvel Comics released in 1975. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and I am joined today by the only troll, the only Comic Book Herald troll who has turned in his trolling into a career and a lifelong podcast. At my side, it's Zach Dean. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I mean, you're my biggest troll. Explain. You're the biggest comic oh, book troll. Oh, you mean like troll. on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach's out yeah. here trolling my Facebook page every day and uh, and somehow levied that into into a podcasting career as my well, t- as my eternal guest. T- <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I didn't Capital start e eternal until guest. after we, uh, <laughs> yeah, until after we started the podcast. Uh, That's true. Because That's true. Because, yeah, so don't know, don't get any you know, ideas. I probably shouldn't have said anything about that. Um, if you are looking to no, it's to really fun. Dave loves everyone trolling him with really pedantic comic book facts. So what Zach's been doing, Carol. and if you're if you're a listener out there who does this thing, um, you know, it's like we're gonna we're holding the mirror up, right? We're holding the mirror up. We're all gonna do <laughs> some reflection here. I get comments occasionally when I post things on Facebook that like explain. It's not even like explaining almost. It's like just telling me a detail about something I'll mention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not even like yeah. explaining it back to me, which I would find endlessly annoying because, like, here's the thing. I know a thing or two about Marvel Comics. You know what I mean? And I just sure, share a yeah. thing. But it's not even that. It's more like, you know, I share an image of, um, you know, Professor Xavier, and somebody comes in and comments and says, like, oh, he's a telepath. And that's it. That's Did you all know there is to the it. Professor Xavier is often in a wheelchair? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So Zach has been hitting me with those, and boy, oh boy, does it get (laughs) under my skin. (laughs) I didn't didn't actually. I've genuinely (laughs) looked at what are the repercussions you can take on Facebook, you know, to like, and I've looked at this before because you get the occasional oddball, but like to block people or like remove accounts, it's actually really hard (laughs) on, uh, on Facebook. Like you have to go to the degree of reporting someone for like, you know, for like the serious crime of, I almost I almost reported you for nudity. I was very close. <laughs> um, wow. I, I, I mean, I've only done it like three times. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't give me this much power. Oh, it doesn't take much. It was working this much. Yeah, yeah it doesn't take much. I'm extremely... Was it the, was it the Donald Trump one? Uh, that was... That, listen, inflammatory political statement about <laughs> the... <laughs> just stating the fact of the current president. Um, but anyway... This is my marvelous year. Variant cover. You got Dave and Zach here. We're talking 1975 comics. If you're looking for like how to play along 
in the club. Um, you can find the the reading list for next week, next year that we're covering, 1976 Part 1. That's going to be in the show notes. As always, you can find all these comics either in the show notes of the episodes or if you go on over to patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear, Zach does a nice weekly update. Weekly. Zach? Where I kind of just, like, vomit the contents of my brain into a weekly newsletter. Like, they are becoming so, increasingly, like... It's a gross way to describe I, writing. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what I'm about to write about, and I just kind of, like, close my eyes, let my mind go blank, and I start typing, and then I see what happens in yeah. half an hour. Yeah. And, uh, and then maybe there's a thesis to what I'm writing, or maybe it's just a series of disconnected thoughts. But I hope people enjoy it. Uh, either or. But... <laughs> either or. The creative process will take you in fun and interesting directions. Uh, all right, so yeah, so today we, do we got a poll. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. No, I got a whole, I got a whole thing. A whole so thing. Uh, yeah, we oh, really pulled out. Really hang on, Zach's pulled out his podium again. He is standing <laughs> up now, uh, not wearing pants. Didn't realize that, but oh, at least he's behind the podium now. Okay, all right. Do your do your stuff. Uh, well, I just wanted to thank everybody for our Patreon backers. Oh, thank all our Patreon backers. I feel like we have a especially loyal and like, what's the word? Um, like committed Patreon. Like people don't drop. We have a very like I don't know. P- people stick around for a while. Uh, and also just like the ratio of people who listen to the show to the people who back us on Patreon is very high. I think like probably much higher than your normal podcast. So it's like, I really just appreciate everyone who, uh, who, you know, is in the club, gives us money, participates in the club, etc. Um, yeah, we so have an awesome and, My Marvelous Year Club. Yeah, um, we really even do. if even if giving over on the Patreon is not something. And I guess we haven't talked about this in a while, so we can talk about it. We have a Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash my marvelous year. And if you go over there, you can essentially donate to the podcast to help fund us and yeah. keep this thing up and running and so we get better equipment and this and that. Um well, but I mean when I, you honestly do that, like I, I I do I do want to just put it out there like it is just paying us for our time. Like, you know, we I mean, I don't know how much we're uh, bumping up our equipment but i'm i'm not like well we have to, to date that, like, i guess is it some of this is going back into the show oh yeah i want to i want to oh, definitely like that. we've all and, and it's covering costs as well you know there is a cost it is covering costs but but a lot of it is like there's a cost to magic a there's a cost to podcasting you know what i mean a little oh, bit of your God. soul okay. every day you shush for a second we <laughs> we spend a lot of time doing this you know between editing reading the comics and taking notes and recording like this does take a lot of time it's Almost a part-time job, I'd say. So, like, you wow, know. Wow, part-time job we, status. This yeah, is my I mean, part-time, part-time job. 15, 20 hours a week into... No, that's insane. Uh, 12 hours a week <laughs> into this, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, you know, like, I just appreciate that people like what we're doing enough to throw us some money. Um, yes. But, Thank you. like you said, um, we definitely don't expect that from people. And if you can't, there are lots of other ways you can help. iTunes reviews are very helpful, like, of... You know, people just seeing we have a good number of reviews is legitimizing to the podcast, as well as I think that, I mean, the biggest thing anyone could do is try to put the word out there for the show, mm-hmm. recommend it. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't advertise much. Once in a while, I throw $20 into Facebook advertising, but I don't I don't know if that does anything. Um, but uh, yeah, I think word of mouth. enterprise, Zach. That's what it does. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's pretty useless. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I've done, yeah, so I've we, done it plenty. Oh, no, I know. But we, uh, yeah, we just really appreciate uh, people spreading the word. And I think a lot of our club has come from people telling their friends and drawing people in. So Yeah. Yeah. Spread uh, the MMY far yes, and wide. And, and again, thank you to all of you who are active and participating in the club. It's super fun. And hey, if you're like, if you're jumping in and you just found out about us or something, um, go on back catch up at your own pace reach out to us let us know where you're at like you don't have to be exactly where we are in the release well, schedule. i mean people like, aren't going to hear this unless they are 
already there. So who are you talking to? I'm saying like, what if you what if you nope. came in hot on 75 variant first app, and you were yeah. like, I'm gonna. I yeah. bet they're gonna talk. I bet they're gonna address me eight minute and a half minutes <laughs> in. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Real talk. I think if you are recommending the show to somebody, someone who maybe is interested in Marvel comics but like might not want to slog through the last fifteen years of Silver Age stuff, sure. I think seventy five is both an excellent place to start for the comics. Uh, not only because X Men starts and that's kind of a big deal, yeah, and yeah. we've got the really good Spider Man story, um, but also I think our seventy five episodes are really good and really good jumping on places. So you know, I, I had you this think thought. Somebody might be a. I had this thought mowing the lawn very shirtless the other day that um, 75 part one, I think is very much a jumping on point because of really because of giant size X-Men um, number one, I guess there's a few other reasons, but then I was like, <laughs> do I want to recommend 75 part episode? one with a guest as <laughs> yeah. our jumping on I mean, point? He's, he's Can I guest. do it? Of like, course. Oh he's... yeah, absolutely. He's a great guest. Um, yeah. But it, it does give me pause to recommend <laughs> the first episode to not include myself. But either way, All right, I let's, think let's stop. is a good place to start. Let's, let's stop, uh, you know, just rubbing each other's shoulders. And that's a, <laughs> that was me trying to do a nicer version of the, the actual phrase for that. Uh, that's I'm what I call it. I'm going <laughs> to go have a quick shoulder over everybody. See you around. Don't <laughs> <laughs> excuse yourself yeah, let, that way all the time. Okay, enough, enough shop talk. Let's move on to the, uh, the Patreon poll. Um, onto a very uh date i i think i should point it out that dave was the one who uh came up with this one what was this year's poll if you could marry one all new all different mm. x-men who would it be mm-hmm. guess who has zero votes it's cyclops and professor x oh <laughs> nobody <laughs> picked cyclops that's actually a little surprising <laughs> yeah I don't, maybe it I shouldn't mean, be professor x i it, that makes it probably sense. wouldn't be, except for the fact that both Sunfire and John Proudstar got a vote. <laughs> hey, congrats, Johnny P and Oh, you Shiro. know what is surprising? Wolverine, only one vote. No one likes the, uh, no one likes bears. You know, here, he I does guess. not seem like uh, marriage material, I have to say. Even even into his, like, now, nowadays, you know, soft, a little softer maybe he than he rough, is here. but, like, very loyal. Is he? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> maybe I, I feel I, like once once you're like part of uh you know wolverine's clan pack i don't know what wolverines do uh you know it's for life maybe i mean he bails on know. the x-men all the time it's kind of <laughs> okay <same. laughs> all right yeah um next up was colossus with only two votes which a little uh, again a little okay. surprising so no, no one likes the uh you know no one likes the big muscle dudes Honestly, all, all the muscle men. Yeah. Colossus, okay. Cyclops, Wolverine. Nope. Third place, Nightcrawler. Uh, we got a lot of Nightcrawler. Actually, people in the Slack wrote a lot of men in the Slack and Christina uh, chose Nightcrawler because he's very nice. He's very well adjusted. He's very furry. Um, you have to deal with the sulfur there, smell. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the sulfur smell. But it, I don't know. It's kind of like he's not just. I don't know. Is Do you think Nightcrawler is just bamfing constantly? Like around That's the what house. Someone was saying. Someone said you'd have to <laughs> no bamfing at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good gag. Um, yeah. I I love that crawler. He's probably my pick here as well. Yeah, good sex pranks. Uh, would he? Yeah, he'd be up there with Vision. I think. Yep. Um, although less sub up. less subtle than Vision. I think we <laughs> yeah, can agree. An explosion, an explosion of sulfur smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then tied a tie for first place. Actually, it's. Should I just vote right now and tip these scales? No, not allowed. I tried to vote for Banshee and I couldn't, so you don't get the vote either. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you for reminding me Mm -hmm. because I need to call out Mike Cook. Mike Cook specifically wrote to me very upset 
that we didn't have Banshee as an option because he he's very thirsty for Banshee. <laughs> and he's he's not he's not afraid of who knows it. Yeah. Uh he he wants some of that Banshee action. I really he want Banshee. Want, he, just, he just wants an a middle-aged Irish man screaming in his face. I, but Banshee's pretty low key. He doesn't scream. He, he doesn't raise his no, voice unless no, he needs to. Yeah. I actually really want him to explain the Grand Ole Opry to me because I've been doing some like country <laughs> history of country, you know, deep dives lately. Have and you uh, watched and that I Ken Burns some, documentary. I, yeah, I, I I tapped a little Ken B. You know. Um, oh, why did you say it like that? That's how you say what? That's how you <laughs> slang for watching documentaries, right? I tapped me a little yeah. Ken B. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. Uh, what are you up to tonight? I'm tapping Errol Morris. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, just tapping some morse. Yeah, look, look, casual TBL. Okay. You know what I'm saying. All right. Yeah, me, just, me and Herzog. Just uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> tied for first place, the two ladies, which is not surprising because we have a very male club. Mm-hmm. But tied for first place, Jean Grey and Storm. And I'm a little surprised at the Jean Grey love. I didn't know she was kind of like I don't know. Is she like a thing? Do people like her? <laughs> she Jean's like, awesome. Jean's I mean, great. I like I like Jean. I think she's cool. Probably cooler present day. Yeah, I, that's like, the hardest she's a part. Bit of a she's definitely square, right? Day. Like especially so now, she's like not that different than Cyclops. Like she's kind of just like she's already cooler than Cyclops, though. A little bit, but like I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Maybe. Anyway, I'm upset because Storm should obviously win. She's the coolest X Men. She's the sexiest X Men. She's the most smartest, most interesting X Men. She's the wettest X Men because of the rain. <laughs> it's the rain. <laughs> <laughs> it is often raining around her. I'll give you that. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Wettest X Men. Wow. You know, I don't. I mean, that's probably not true. There's probably an X Men who's just well, like, like Namor. I'm made of water. He's a mutant. You know, I feel like. He's oh pretty yeah. Wet. Oh, Namor's definitely the wettest X Men. Okay. But he's not really yeah. like an X Men. So, anywho, thanks for voting, everybody. Oh I'm gonna try to do hey, less. You imagine love and marriage polls moving forward? I feel like. Yeah. No, we've been know? we've been a little uh, a little horned up lately with our polls. Yep. That's us. <laughs> Yeah. Um, can you imagine if Storm and Namor kissed? Can what I imagine that? it? Sure. <laughs> That's not that hard to picture. Think, think of the, the think how wet that kiss would sound. Very slobbery kiss. There would be <laughs> yeah. a lot, a lot of slobbery. Just water suction. pouring down their chins. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into some. It wouldn't be a terrible feedback. match, actually. Kind of royalty and and properness there. I, I although actually, given Storm's history with T'Challa, and not to spoil anything, that would be quite. And given Namor's history with T'Challa, there would be I some no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave writes the Not other me. Dave. I don't write in. Yep. I refuse Hello to. again. Now that we're halfway through the 70s, I've been taking stock, and it's great to see Marvel adopting more modern styles and ideas after the relatively homogenous 60s. Now, isn't A Dave... Part of is this... Dave Irish? Yes. I do think you might need to read this with an accent. <laughs> Should we oh, offend no. all our guests? No. Okay. Let's or, or just or just Dave. Just Dave specifically. <laughs> okay. A big part of this has been down to the publisher bringing in young new writers with distinctive voices of their own, including Steve Englehart and Gerber, Jerry Conway, Jim Starlin, and Don McGregor. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what are your opinions on the strengths of each of these writers and what they bring to the table? And who do you think so far is the most important Marvel writer since Stan? Stay classy, Dave Coleman. Okay, I'm going to break this down and do a couple different questions. But first, this is something... I wrote about this in this week's newsletter, so... I think he's kind of plagiarizing me a little bit here. Ooh, but... called out. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, got a Hickman first he... 15 Lives of Harry August situation over here. Okay. Yeah? You want me to explain <laughs> just that a very, no? a very specific <laughs> book you just finished reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was okay. the big controversy with House of X. Anyway. I know, I know. 
Um, okay, so this is something I just wrote about. I read a book, Zach. It didn't I'm... have pictures. Did you want to hear more about it? <laughs> I know. You're very proud. Um, in the Silver Age, the like average age of the writers like in their primes was probably 43, 44. So like, 43, in 1965, Stan Lee was 43, Jack Kirby 48, uh, Steve Ditko 38, Jim Steranko was 38. 37. Steranko um, that old when he comes on board? Interesting. Yeah, he, he was 40 in 1968, I have written down here. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, he's like 92 right now, I think. Something like that. Yeah, that, yeah, that shows. correct? Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't. He looks like he's uh, he's in, like incredibly tan with like shocking white hair. Like, and he's got like always a spray tan. Uh, never mind. Anyway, bronzed um, God. But in the, speaking of bronzed, in the Bronze Age... Um, Steve Englehart, Jim Starlin, Chris Claremont, Steve Gerber, Doug Mensch, Jerry Conway, all under 26, like, when they're in their prime. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all younger than us, doing setting groundbreaking work, so that's depressing uh, in and of itself. But I used to hate um, it when, yeah. like, that realization kicked in where you're like, oh, I'm 26 and oh, Kevin Durant's only 23, what? Like, I, athletes in particular <laughs> well, can't always really athletes. bum me out. Oh, you a- know? athletes, because, I mean, that's, like, built into it is, like, I mean, most, most athletes. Athletes, most athletes prime, you know, hit their prime in their early 20s. Right, right. But for most of my life to that point, it was like I was always in lockstep or younger. And then you realize you're passing. And just as talented. And just just as good if given the opportunity, which I was not. I mean, it it blows me away when like, um, like I've been listening to the rap album Whack World by Tierra Whack. And she's like 21. Like yeah, 20 right. or 21, wild. Like that stuff is baffling to me when it's just like, when people put out art like that where I'm just like, oh, I wasn't a human being yet. Like I was a barely functioning adult. Like mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. I don't understand that. But yeah, anyway. Interesting use of past tense there. So I, I think he's I onto something here. I think Dave is onto something. Like there's, it is a much younger generation, right? Like all these writers are in their 20s. They're probably much more in touch with the current day culture, right? Because I mean, it is true that you get older and you just kind of drift away from like the here and now and you kind of get stuck in whatever culture or way of thinking that you always had, right? Especially by like 45 years old. I mean, I'm, I don't want to like say that people don't change and people get stuck, but I think that is a generality that's somewhat true. Right. Yeah, it makes it kind of sh- um, it makes it even more interesting to me that Stan was seen as this voice of the young people. You know what I mean? Because yeah, Stanley yeah, yeah. was coming in with like the youth culture. Although, t- like today, if you had a thirty-eight-year-old man come in and do that in comics, probably they would get laughed out of the room. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, sure. Unless I mean, uh, unless they were really I don't know, like unless they like have young kids or teenage kids and are like adopting that. But even then, now you're the dad doing it. So. I think it's interesting. It calls out for Stan. Probably it was like it probably really stood out in contrast because not anybody else was really even trying. So yeah. so he was connecting with college kids in that way, even if I mean Dicko maybe it wasn't. Dicko kind of had that voice of the you know the kids a little bit. I oh no he was doing I the art. Don't Sorry, know I don't, that I'd I don't give know what I'm Steve about. that credit. Um, no no I, I don't know. Does what I have the opportunity to write Peter Parker? He's a bit of a no. You're right. Bit of a weird no, no. guy. I, all right. I, I don't stand by that. I just said it, and then I realized I was wrong. Um, yeah, no, I just had to yeah, sh- yeah. knock you down a peg. Yeah, you, gotta, you, you got dick code. I mean, you got <laughs> Dick KO'd, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, so I think this is interesting. It also is a thing where we've talked about this, where, like, comic book writers don't seem to have good, like, good long careers, right? Like uh, who is the comic it's hard book writer to run that writes for, a very for twenty long time. years? Yeah, 
is consistent for 20 years is still i mean like alan moore seems like the exception but he also hasn't put out anything like you know like the league of extraordinary gentlemen or from hell or like Watchmen in a decade he's literally put out tons of league of extraordinary gentlemen no but he hasn't done, i mean <laughs> in the I think last those, decade they might be critically I mean, the panned first, but he's done it no the first two volumes of that i mean are like you know the the groundbreaking work and yeah, people yeah. don't talk about all the like weird spin-offs and the nemo solo series and all that stuff i, I don't want to disparage it cuz like i just read um was it providence or I, I started reading providence and i read the like prequel series to that and it's quite good i mean but it's not Watchmen good yeah he's also the goat (laughs) yeah no no of course so I mean he's the exception you know who I was thinking about after we had this conversation who's had a shockingly long comics career is Scott Lobdell L-O-B-D-E-L-L he comes on post Claremont 90s X-Men so I'm sure you have not read that yet we'll get to it in the club but he's like so 90s X-Men he's a huge name then He's had a run now where he's like, he's at DC, he's doing Red Hood and the Outlaws, he's getting at bats on like a Wally West series. <laughs> like, the guy, I, I mean, mean are, this they, is... are they good? Because, I mean, Chris no, Claremont is still I, writing. I, no? I don't, it's not great. It's not, like, when oh, he was well, announced. Uh, well, okay, that's the whole, that's what we're asking. <laughs> no, no, I'm, that's why I'm saying it's so amazing. He's had the run he's had for like 30 years of consistent work, like, you know, at big two publishers, when it's not necessarily excellent. I think his 90s X-Men stuff, um, you could have a lot more of a, a back and forth on is it good or not. But I would say the stuff today, like Red Hood and the Outlaws is, I don't know, there are a lot of really big fans. Like, he, that's the thing. He's still got fans. He's still, he's still <laughs> uh, I just found hits. his Wikipedia page. And uh, I don't Red think Hood a and, ton of him. And the Outlaws series is just listed under the, the controversy title. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Wikipedia yeah. No, he's He's got some, I, but whatever. I'm not going to get personal Oh, okay. So problems, you're, you're defending like that dude. he... Get out of here. Get out of here. Perfect 10 love doll imaginary girlfriend. (laughs) Your silence on Scott Lovedell being a jerk (laughs) at a con is deafening, Zach. It is deafening. (laughs) Tomorrow's headlines on CBR are just going to be about Dave says Starfire is a love doll. You know, I wish I wish CBR would stop running. Dave says headlines because oh, wait, it's okay. really it's, getting into der- my business. I'm going to derail us, okay? But I just found out yesterday. Hang on, we were very on track. I know. I don't know what we're talking about. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to derail us for a second. Yesterday, and tell me if you don't want to talk about this, but yesterday I found out that you used to write a bunch of stuff for CBR, right? Like you. Oh, you just found that out? Yeah, I just someone I've written about. I've written about the experience on Comic Book Herald a bunch. Oh nope, I. Missed it, I guess. Uh, sure. I mean, yeah. I no, I'm just. Yeah. I thought you read all my work, so I don't. I'm hurt. Nope. But carry on. Um. So I, I like I skimmed through your page because you have a page with all your work there, and it's you know it's a lot of like listicles, right? Um, that is all it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is what I got what paid I to do. I'm wondering is it was always 15 items, not 10, not five, but it was oh, yeah. always the yeah. top 15, the best 15, the worst 15, the most exciting 15. Why 15, Dave? So that I mean that's a that's a CBR I would say Valnet which is their like the group that owns them mandated thing I'm guessing oh it wasn't basically you. Okay. what's that, that? A CBR thing that's a oh CBR yeah yeah that's thing. not that's a meet like thing. every every uh, listicle writer okay. has to do the same thing um and uh, I don't know how long it's been going on probably the last two or three years because everyone was doing top ten lists and then yeah, that yeah, got right. a little tired so they said well if we do fifteen it'll sound <laughs> like we did even What's more work plus we'll have more content better than a top ten list yeah exactly plus then you make somebody okay. write a bunch more so you have more content on your page for some good old yeah, search sure. content value um and okay. you know they still get paid peanuts for it <laughs> so yeah I'm sure so that's can, can I that's just say rationale. 
I, I scrolled through this list and the, the there first are some pieces in there wrote, I quite like <clears throat> and some that I was just doing to you know to do yeah sure so it's 15 it, you know you're scrolling through it's 15 ways Thanos did this the best 15 Wolverine things 15 DC villains blah 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 uh and then the first thing you wrote is I am Groot eight times we loved Groot in in parentheses in seven times we feared him I hate <laughs> which those. adds up to 15 <laughs> yeah <laughs> that cracked me up yeah uh, no, they would good. split okay. them. Yeah. No, right, I think so, they're still uh, doing the same thing, more or less. Uh, yeah, I, I could sure. talk about that at length if people are curious. Well, let's, let's, it was interesting. Let's, yeah, th- well, let's do that sometime else. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I want to get us back on track. You don't want to hear we're... all about No, I, I genuinely do. We've just been, we're, we've been very diverted today. Yeah, so um, what I was saying was uh, yeah. it basically the list of long-running comics careers is Alan Moore and Scott Lobdell. <laughs> 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 they're the goats no yeah, but it's those, hard those... it's hard to carry the torch but um for why? good luck time you know why actually it came up a thing because Comic-Con novelists because chris claremont was announced that like maybe he'll come back and do some x-men stuff well and he's actually doing right now right. well he's done stuff on and off ever since he was you know the guy but the like the overwhelming reaction that i saw and this is a twitter reaction instant reaction to the news at nycc but it was like no thanks we're good like yeah you know yeah, which yeah. is which i get and i kind of agree with but it also reflects like it's really hard to be an older writer in this medium um i mean but why in a way that is medium? kind of that's surprising why I'm, that's what i'm asking because like novelists don't have this issue right like novelists like have lifelong careers where they have work that is lauded throughout their career. And there's just something about comic book writers. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that like, I mean, uh, yeah, the only thing I can think of is that comics style, right? The, like the, the, the prevailing style of the day is like ever changing and ever evolving because comics are kind of still like a medium who's figuring out what it is. Mm -hmm. And comic book writers just get stuck and they, always feel old when they come back like we're seeing with jack kirby because jack kirby seems like he is plucked straight out of the 60s and plucked in the 70s and it is very jarring at least for me yeah I he's, enjoying he's it more than i am but oh uh, definitely but he is fairly unchanging i mean i think of the of the names dave calls out here in his email Engelhart, gerber conway starlin mcgregor starlin's had the longest most successful career of the bunch but he's he's also like my favorite and had the biggest best ideas of the bunch yeah. i would say in my personal yeah. opinion but all um, of them have decent decent runs um but i mean decent into at like least the early 80s 15 years oh i mean yeah. like jerry conway like gets worked years? now every now and then um yeah i mean yeah like they still i mean rob liefeld just wrote a series for marvel but like it's not gonna get big right like it's not gonna well blow it is up big but it's big and confusing <laughs> well, i don't know I, I read the first issue of major x i was Leifold's, i didn't know who half the characters was but i thought it was okay. lifehold's fan base is enormous and ravenous and uh, uh that's so interesting because he's such a punch a punching bag but well um, i guess but he's uh he's punching bag made of money so it's I, a yeah i know complicated situation are, we did are a piece gonna, on that are you gonna on, uh, enjoy CDH, when i read my good. first 90s rob liefeld comic and i become like a passionate rob liefeld stan um am i gonna enjoy that yeah i would love it uh i would i would find that <laughs> hugely entertaining uh I, I honestly i haven't read like a ton of his work through the 90s they just so the reason i i had john i asked john to write a piece about rob liefeld was because they just released uh the marvel work of rob liefeld omnibus and i was like yeah. there's enough there's enough here to put together an omnibus and there's demand for it that's fascinating um sure and then John 
took that and ran with it into like a whole dissection of his career and it's it's awesome i think people should read it who is um, this john you're talking about john I just, is I thought it was just you and me uh, on comic book herald it's just if it's just you and me it's just me you ain't been yeah, published no, on cbh you, you and me <laughs> to are, date you know 50 uh shareholders owners parents to comic book herald all right, audience, this is the part of the podcast where I have to explain to Zach that... Oh, I thought you were going to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> ...that um, My Marvelous Year is is sort of a separate thing. No, John's this awesome writer who does a ton of stuff for Comic Book Herald. Um, extremely talented guy if you need uh, if you need writing, no, I, video I know, editing. I know. He, no, his stuff has been great. His thing about New Mutants and uh, Bill Sinkowitz, is that how you say it? How do you say that? Sinkovich. Sinkovich. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes. John. yeah, yeah. What, I don't know how where we're at now. Oh, you right. know, I was so going to ask you. Answer, I was actually very close to asking if you wanted to write an article, and it was when was it? Um, it was when you were talking about. Oh, you were talking about buying comics, and you were buying some older comics and like issues of Jungle Action and stuff. And you mentioned yeah. to me that you were like, you know, you're surprised like how affordable it was, and you were like, yeah, it's graded like uh, seven or something like that. And I was like, oh, Zach's getting comics graded. I should have him write about the experience. And I was going to ask you, but then I asked you if you did that. And you were like, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just so meant that, like that, someone that, on eBay was like, it. yeah, it's about a seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why? Anyway, I mean, do you, have you done that? Have you like. No, I never. That's graded? why I was curious. I never had. I have it. I have it assigned out now to somebody else right. to do. Because um, oh, I'm curious okay, about the process. Right. And <laughs> to somebody qualified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm not a writer. I mean, yeah. do you read my newsletters? Like, oh, well, that's uh, where I that's where I got the inspiration. So it's you know it's a compliment. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Well, that which is, I that is actually very with several insults, um, but no, that's that's what I was thinking. Let, let's answer uh, the rest of Dave's question because we're getting we're all over the place. Uh, what? Let's see. Like, let's boil this down to what distinguishes these writers. So, Steve Engelhart. Steve, I think of as inherently more political, probably because he's on cap. And he wrote the one where the president of the United States was a member of a big secret organization. A Nazi, a secret Nazi organization. Yep. Yep. Uh, Gerber, the most satirical. Wait, wait, he's wait. definitely got, the got, rebel of the group. What? I got thoughts. Let me answer, Steve. Oh, boy. Zach's got thoughts. Oh, I don't boy. have thoughts on all these guys. So, uh, But Steve Englehart, I think of as like the continuity guy, honestly. He feels like the mm, Wikipedia of page guy who yeah. comes in and is just like, okay, uh, well, Vision, he's actually the Human Torch who became the, you know, whatever, Ultron blasted him into someone's brain into hit whatever, like filling out this enormous backstory and like giving huge amounts of world building that aren't necessarily additive to the story, but just kind of entertaining in the way that they flesh out the universe. That They're is additive like to the I universe of- for sure. Right, they're yeah. the, they're the big uh, encyclopedia entry yeah, type developments. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is his his whole Avengers, like the biggest moments from his Avengers, feels so much like stuff Roy Thomas would have done. You know that like because they're both big continuity guys. They're both big yeah, like, and, yeah, yeah. and Thomas loves the Golden Age. You know, so like yeah, uh, Engelhart, Engelhart yeah. going back, pulling original Human Torch. That's a very RT move, oddly enough. Although I think of him being way more counterculture than RT. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, Mantis needs to have sex with a tree. That doesn't feel like a Roy Thomas thing to me. It doesn't. It no. does not. No, he's way. Here's more a question into... that's been on my mind: Does she have sex with that tree? Oh yeah, definitely. Because they they have a baby named Sequoia. It <laughs> 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 just died. Oh. Just to confirm. <gasps> I just remembered that, uh, you, you know what the funny, I think I can spoil this because I'm pretty sure it won't come up in the club. That whole thing about the Celestial Madonna, 
amounts to nothing. Like that was the peak of that whole story. And I think it's a good story. Uh, I like it. But like that's kind of that's ge- going to generally be true for our purposes. I read the I, Wikipedia I think, page and it was like, oh, I this comes up. You think a Wikipedia and... editor can understand the complexities of the cel- Jack, nobody understands the Celestial Madonna. Nobody can <laughs> yeah, recap exactly. it. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anywho. Okay, so Steve Gerber, you, you answered. He's a rebel. He's a counterculture rebel, satirizes things. Um, he's He's clearly interested in... Like slice of life, but like tackling the issues of our time. So everything from his man thing to like his defenders is going, and of course Howard the Duck is going to poke at and prod at like I don't know, like issues. You know, big, big, all caps issues: environment, um, racism. You know, like politics. Like Gerber's going after yeah, all that within sure. the context of the Marvel universe, which is fairly atypical at the time. I think if Gerber was. Uh, around today and sadly he passed i think his work coming into marvel now would be like probably the most controversial work where everyone that screams about these sorts of things would be screaming about the politics he was infusing in his comics like ta-nehisi coats maybe uh they are different (laughs) no i know but he's fairly political in his his writing right uh his black i mean he's he's a very political writer are you talking about his black panther you know i don't know i've just read his like his essays and his nonfiction. Oh, so I just okay. kind of assumed he would carry that over into comic book writing. Not as not, maybe. not as hard as you might think. There, I mean, I mean, especially just since he did like brilliant writer, did Black but... Panther, but then he he took over Captain America to like clean up Secret Empire, right? Yeah, there's there's plenty. In there, his... Don't get me wrong, um, but I, okay. I Gerber and Coates are very different styles to me. But I, I hear the comparison indistinguishable to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Jerry Conway, I would say he just loves Spider-Man. I feel like he is kind of just worshiping at the altar of 60s Spider-Man and doing a very good job of just yeah. like making it fresh, right? Like he's taking like, he's just taking 60s Spider-Man and making it still feel like young and fresh and vibrant, but not like very different, right? Like the, the Clone Saga stuff. I mean, it's just JJJ making the same kind of jokes, but like a little sharper, a little... It's additive, but not revolutionary, which I think is going to be kind of the course of Spider-Man's history. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. It's interesting to me, the idea now of Marvel characters or properties that have these, like, revolutionary moments. Because, like, we're undergoing one, you know, Powers of Ten, number six came out today, right? We're undergoing one with X-Men right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it's interesting. In 75, the X-Men are having a revolutionary moment. Spider-Man... Almost never yeah, does. When does, he, <laughs> when does he have like? When's his next great writer? Spider-Man's next. I mean, so Jerry Conway's good. I, I yeah, no, I, I like Jerry Conway. Lot, writer. His like, next, the like the next best. So like Roger Stern's going to do some really good Spider-Man stuff. I'd say he's underrated. That's probably coming up next. Um, J.M. DeMatteis does one of the best Spidey stories of all time, but that's not till like '86. Um, so probably Stern is the next name that comes to mind hmm, for me. Yeah, don't know. Okay. Uh, let's see, Jim Starlin, I mean, we just love him. We love him, folks. We love to love it's, him. It's not surprising to me that he had the biggest uh, comeback of any of these guys, you know? Not necessarily that he, like, went away doing comics, but, you know, he's, yeah. he kind of, his Marvel career here kind of goes to, like, 82, and then he kind of, he goes to DC for a while, does some really actually big Batman stuff, uh, oh, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, oh, he did, yeah. he did <laughs> Death I mean, of the Family. He kills off Robin, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he comes back in 90 with uh, maybe even slightly earlier than that with Thanos Quest and Infinity Gauntlet and became oh like my God. the, big, you know, the Surfer, biggest events right? in Marvel for three years. He do, I've heard he does a really good he Silver starts Surfer. With Silver, it starts with the Silver Surfer. God, fan, a, the, I just, I just want to like prime people. It's issues Quest. 34 to 38 for those who are 
Kirio. Did you did you just pull that out of your? Oh, I know my I pocket? know my Starling continuity, baby. That's that's, an, that's impressive. Uh, it is Thanos weird that Quest... I keep a card with Thanos continuity in my pocket, though. I'll give you that. Thanos much. Quest is two issues in 1990, and it is incredible. Love them. I am. I didn't know it was Jim Starlin when I first read it, and I had no context for mm. that. But like, they are so good. I'm so excited to get to that. I'm I'm excited for the club to to read those. Oh, yeah, um, I will stand for no th- Thanos quest slander. That is not something I am open to. Uh, Donnie McGregor is probably the most <sighs> interesting on this list because yeah. our favorite writer, clearly, uh, it, like literal uh, literal writing with Panther's yeah. Rage. Yeah, yeah. Not I necessarily guess. ideas, I mean, not necessarily story, pro, but literal writing. writing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Full Panther's Rage, obviously, we thought quite highly of. Um, Panther vs. KKK is a, is a really challenging story, which we haven't talked about yet, uh, as far as you guys know, right? Yeah, that's next year. Yep. <laughs> okay, that hasn't been released in 375. Yeah. But then he, yep, like, yep. he doesn't, he's not a big name at Marvel um, in the stuff we're going to read. Like, I don't I don't know that we're going to touch another Don McGregor written script. And I don't know a ton about his career past this point. Yeah, I mean he uh, he does a bunch of Kill Raven. He does um, Masters of Kung Fu. I think I think that's what he moves on to. I should um, check that out. He does some Luke Cage for sure. Let me see. I'm just let me take a look real quick. There's oh, I much. did I did make a note to check out some of the Luke Cage and, or Power Man and Iron Fist because I he does oh he does a ton a for me. He does a do- ton of Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. You know, okay. the black and white mag, which is like kind of a bummer. I hate those. I kind of, um, I kind of chopped that one out of like club potential because it just doesn't read well no one, digitally. No one likes to read those black and white magazines. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. I I guess any. It's just kind of the older comics where I have that problem because like I could read Walking Dead digitally or like I think I read Attack on Titan and that was black and white i don't know if it always is oh yeah no no it's like i mean manga like manga's black and white i read that digitally all the time but no those like those magazines for whatever reason just don't don't translate to the uh like did digi- i don't know if they don't scan them as well sometimes it looks like you're looking at like looks like a hand pictures. manual scan yeah, yeah yeah and then you end like every third page is somebody's butt you know it's like they just sat on the scanner it's like come on guys i was going for the deadly hands not the deadly cheeks hey oh Zach, oh, did you mute yourself? You were laughing really hard. I don't know if anybody heard. <laughs> yeah, I just, I didn't want to, you know, blast out anyone's eardrums. Oh, with that was nice of you. of laughter. Yeah. That was nice uh, of you. Okay, we, we've been on Dave's question for, let me see here. Good question. 90 minutes? Jeez, okay, let's, uh, let's move <laughs> wait, on. Wait, it's Friday? We started on Wednesday. <laughs> what? Good okay. question, Dave. Uh, can, you, uh, can you pull up Peter's question? I sure or can. Peter's email? Peter writes, thanks for writing in, Peter. Crazy year with a lot of cool stuff, both on and off the list. I've got a few more left, and I'm looking forward to them. But since it's late, my thoughts on the year are many and scattered, and I left this until the last minute. Here's a few quick questions. Bruner has fast become my favorite artist on Doctor Strange and Howard the Duck. Will he be around for a while? If so, he returned to Doctor Strange, and what else does he work on? Let's stop there. I looked this up, and I had a good answer that I forgot because mm. I saw this. Uh, yeah, he... we're not reading oh, a ton oh, of no, okay. no, Bruner's work quits. in DS. He quits. <laughs> okay. He quits Marvel, like, right around the end of Doctor Strange. He goes and does some, like, heavy metal, I think, heavy metal magazine. Okay. But he quits comics in the 80s. He, I think he goes and writes, like, um, what does he do? I don't know. He moves to Hollywood and starts working in animation, basically. Ah. So he, like, he goes and works for uh, Johnny Quest, right? Um, and then he uh, he worked at Fox for character design for the X-Men TV series. That's cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, but that's it for comics. Like he did very little uh, comics beyond this. Like he did some like you know indie work kind of. He did a comic called Warp for nine issues in 1983. I don't know what that is, but uh, in a Doctor Strange movie, 
Whoa, 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 Dave. <laughs> is this is a nineteen seventy eight Doctor Strange movie. There's a whole on... world there's a whole world of like live action superhero movies that whoa. is endlessly fascinating to me and always surprises me. I like mean stuff that happened like in the seventies and eighties. This looks like a porn parody of Doctor Strange. I mean, best case. That's what that's where <laughs> Frank Bruner went. <laughs> I think like there it would be fun to have like a watch through of uh porn parodies. These, like of Mar <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <done. laughs> perfect yep i mean we'll do no, it the like next of all these because there's a million you're right there's a million of these like really strange marvel movies that are uh you know like clearly no one talks about they were like made for tv movies in the 70s 80s 90s that like i bet are a ton of fun in like really cheesy ways have you ever seen oh my the, God, Je the live action jessica walter is in this movie is that the arrested development um yeah 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 isn't that nuts does she, she play clea she plays morgan lefay oh oh we might that have to watch this. Sounds... All right, yeah, this could be a good like a uh, good Patreon bonus if we can track it down yeah, or something. It's yeah, probably yeah. on YouTube. A lot of those weird ones are. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Next question I from got... Peter. If wait, you could wait, have a cat, even ask. If you could have a cat. Oh no! Wait! Breakfast. Wait! 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 Okay. No! Why no! Don't no! Read no, the question. No. How else are you going to no. know what it is? I wanted to follow up on Frank Bruner. I think this Peter has been posting really consistently about Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, the Frank Bruner series, seems totally awesome. Every issue I've read has been like very cool. And I think, Dave, that it's a candidate for our deep dive. Deep dives? What do you mean? Or whatever we're going to call it. Uh, I mean, so you and I, and we mm. can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it in front of the kids. I didn't want but to We've talk talked about, about like a, a, a far future Patreon thing. Okay. Being going back, yeah. plucking out a run of something yeah. that maybe we never touched. So saying like, oh, hey, Iron Man. We didn't, we barely read Iron Man. Yeah. Let's just go read a hundred issues of Iron Man. Oof. You know, like, we're not going to take detailed notes, talk about them, like, issue by issue, but let, let's read 70s Iron Man and then talk about it. I think Doctor Strange should be, like, top of the list for that, because this seems like a very cool series that we're not touching on. Yeah, I, I think there might be some in the bonus round for, like, the early Angleheart issues, I, but I put I'm it totally on extra issues. That. But yeah, yeah, because this looks really good, uh, and they just added a bunch more to Marvel Unlimited, so, like, there's, like, 50 issues in Marvel Unlimited. And uh, yeah, Peter's yeah, following like, us again. Peter's been proselytizing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Peter's been proselytizing this in the Slack, and like a few people have jumped on and started reading it, and it seems like everyone loves it. So, um, if you're into it, the Doctor Strange series from the '70s is pretty cool. Okay, pretty cool. If you could have a casual breakfast with any character we're reading right now, who would it be, and why? Casual breakfast with anybody. I mean, Nightcrawler just as a fan would be a really cool experience. Um. I feel like he'd be open to really just talking about whatever. I think that's my pick. I definitely would want to hang with Nightcrawler. I think I'd have like a nice casual breakfast with Moondragon. You know, oh my like gosh, that's not it's not a casual candle, if a you're sweating lit, profusely. Candle lit seven PM slobbering you know, all over your steak. Nice nice pasta breakfast with a, a couple glasses of wine and uh, some soft You rented music a background. tux for a casual breakfast and yes. set up roses and steaks. I think you totally misinterpreted what this was supposed to be. The other thing is she can read your mind and gross, Zach. Gross. Even better. Would you marry a tree for the no fate words. of the universe? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't really have any. I mean, for the fate of the universe? It sort of depends where am I in my life, you know? Sure. Am I already I married, mean, right? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know. I, it doesn't matter to me. I would. Yeah, sure. Anytime. Mm. <laughs> Anytime, day or night. I'd, I, I'm kind of torn, honestly. If I'm if I'm single and it's for the fate of the universe, then sure, I've got nothing against trees. But if I'm not, 
then it's kind of like, mm, that feels like a little insulting and kind of a burden. Let's just let it end. I mean, you just plant it outside. It doesn't do it. It's fine. I, Zach, I don't think polygamy is legal in Illinois. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. I'd marry that tree. I'm already married to a rose. Oh! How's <laughs> it going? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, and in a follow-up uh, to last year's yes. question, should the Watcher and Odin switch jobs? I have no idea burn. what this means. He wrote burn. this. That's an Odin burn, baby. Saying he's just oh, sitting around because... watching. Not oh, doing anything. I get it. Watcher's Cause... doing more. Uh, that's a good dig, Peter. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay. Also, like, Watcher being all father for a day would be kind of fun, actually. If they, like, knew each other and Odin was like, hey, I have to go out. Can you cover this while I'm, you know, Odin sleeping? I'd be very into that relationship. <laughs> Maybe it'll happen um, in the 2020 <clears throat> Donny Cates run we're going to get here I soon. Just, I just reread or reread. I just rewatched the first Thor movie, which I haven't seen in like five years. I think you already talked about like this. That. Did I on the show? Yeah. That he does Odin sleep? You told me about it. And oh, okay. definitely, if you talk to me, it's probably on the show. We talk all the time. Dave. Yeah. And I'm like, is this the show or no? <laughs> and then I hang up. <laughs> if this isn't for hashtag content. It's not, uh, Gosh, it's not going content. to my ears. All right, what were yeah, we going to say about okay. the Odin and the Oh, he just movie? had a big plot point is Odin sleep. I forgot about that. That yeah. he just, you know, literally like in the middle of a conversation is just like, so sleepy. <laughs> Which is appropriate then that you have like old Anthony Hopkins playing him, you know? Like, yeah. That he oh my God. Okay. Can This is, Jesus, this episode is all over the place, but I, I have to find this. Have you seen what Anthony Hopkins has said about Thor and being in that movie? Uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, he definitely doesn't sound like he was, you know, super in on the, uh, reading the God of Thunder while he was waiting to film his scenes. <laughs> I gathered. Yeah, just, okay, I have to find this quote because it's incredible. Basically, he said, he said that in his contract for the movie, he looked over the script and said that it, he was, uh, NAR, no acting required. And so he thought that would, uh, that'd be a good fit for what he... <laughs> he was into at the time yeah like he yeah. just had to put on the costume he's like the costume would do all the acting for me and just be <laughs> and himself I just to... yeah I mean, that's yeah <laughs> have you watched uh westworld yeah 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 that's like the first thing he hasn't phoned it in yeah to for a long time that's what i was gonna say i like him in westworld yeah. well actually no the best thing he does is thor ragnarok playing loki playing mm. him playing thor that's true or, that's uh, a great Odin, cameo right like he he's so funny in that like two minutes of that scene it's really good okay let's Sorry, get into next up yeah. On the pod, My Marvel This Year, Shared Universe Updates. Again, if you do have questions oh, yeah. for varying covers, you can write to mymarvelthisyear at gmail.com. Thank you to those of you who do. I'm going to go first with the Please. My Marvel This Year, Shared Universe Edition. Uh, all right. We got a new hero, and I've already forgot the name. So if you could pull that up, that'd be awesome. I only have their Justin hero. Robinson. Justin nope, Robinson right is the no, new no, edition? No, no, some... No, it's someone else. It's a different. I think it's a different. Is his name uh, Justin Wollenhopt? Justin Wollenhopt. Thank you for your support, Justin. All right, yeah, Justin requested to be a villain, and uh, let's get into it. So, one thing we haven't talked a lot about in the My Marvelous Year Shared Universe is the secret societies. These sort of, you know, who are the, you know, maybe ill-intentioned groups of of people out there who are working behind the scenes, and 
One of the biggest ones is a group of hackers. They are frequently seen on you know social and really anywhere online. Like anytime there's a big event, anytime <laughs> government comic book herald on Facebook. Oh my gosh, they spam my account so much. But they also do things like hack government documents and release them to the public. They and their their sign off is always pluribus, P L U R I B U S. Right, that's their group name. It is not an acronym as far as we know. But they're the secret society of technological experts working behind the scenes sort of uh their kind of goals are to like make information free but also to cause you know some chaos that sort of results in like you know gets to their own ends we don't totally know what it is they're after but we know they exist and we know no one in the my marvel this year shared universe has really like dealt with them much or or certainly not taken them down one thing pluribus has been doing behind the scenes is they're constantly mm-hmm. working at tweaking like sentient ai like they're looking at developing robotics and artificial intelligences that can be utilized to their own benefit so they can do things faster and of course so they can create you know some sort of like you know defense systems around them that they don't have to do everything themselves can't be all manpower okay. one thing they're really looking at is like with the um prevalence of voice assistants in the world they were very curious Mm -hmm. at well what if we had a thing that we could talk to and it would just it would basically be like the god particle of ai like it would just be able to tell us everything so they're building an operating system for everything and they've gone through a number of variations and each one has a letter so it's aos bos etc etc they're working on down the line until they get to k dash os and at kos suddenly this this being it seems to be doing everything that they're wanting right the ai it's like responding to everything it has answers for absolutely everything but unbeknownst to pluribus at the time something went wrong with kos something in the code got a little off and kos begins taking on sentience of his own and one thing that they were very very careful was to make sure that they had control over this ai with kos they lost control so not a ton necessarily happens right at first kos it gains sentience and the first thing it does is it takes over the voice speakers of the world and it kind of begins subtle campaigns of misdirection so at this stage in kos's life it's kind of just observing humanity figuring out what are what are they doing what are they what's you know what are they like but then the other thing it'll do is people will say like hey add you know add bananas to the grocery list and kos adds apples Right. So subtle campaigns and misdirections. But then so it's kind of seeing, okay, what'll happen? But then it gets it gets a little more serious, you know, like, hey, um, what uh, remind me to pay my bills on time? And it doesn't do it. Now, there are people on the streets because the KOS didn't respond to them in time. So it's doing this misdirection, but then it's doing it with like political information and news media and all the things that we worry about with, you know, basically is what I'm seeing real. It KOS is contributing to all of that. Okay. As it's doing this, it's also hacking our I'm, satellite I'm just, networks. I just want to say, I am waiting. My my eyes are narrowed, waiting for the 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 I don't know the kick here. The kick? I don't know. I'm just waiting. This for hasn't the been a kick for you this entire no, time. I'm talking that's for a while. Not the right word. I'm just waiting for the the, the moment where you. Uh... Well, don't worry because it's not coming. Well... But I'm almost done. And uh, <laughs> it's it's so he's hacking the satellite. The KOS is hacking the satellite networks. I guess I shouldn't say he it. Um. And it, it basically it has ascended now to space where it's con- it's still in the 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 um what do you call it the the uh, b- 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 state Cloud? of monitoring everything that's going on okay. and misdirection but again like uh-huh. no one knows it exists so KOS I, like next time you look at your phone next time you talk to your voice assistant just remember KOS is out there watching waiting learning what is KOS I that's what I was waiting because like you picked a very specific acronym. 
And I was just waiting for. It's not like, an acronym. It's K dash OS. Okay, OS but, is operating well, system. Well, whatever. But I, you know, you didn't do BOS or TOS. Yeah, I respect the wishes of our patrons. So thank you for your contributions, Mr. Patron. And we have a new villain. Okay, I was just waiting for a pun. I don't think it's. You crazy told me it was super to... serious. Well, Colossal Chick Man also asked to be very serious, Dave. <laughs> Listen, I don't always care like a... to respect our patrons, but in this case, I did. And also, oh, no, it's Chicken good. I like, awesome. I like it. It's, no, it, it's fun to like have a, a sentient cloud, basically, uh, that's gone rogue. Okay, cool. KOS. Um, let's see. Next up, we have Chris Maury, Maury, Chris, Chris Maury Harden. So, Chris, he is uh, having a tough time of it. Just lost his job because uh, he uh, he got caught eating a Snickers on the job that he stole from his job. He, uh, you know, mm. just I was going to say, it. very punitive workplace otherwise. Yeah, yeah. He stole his Snickers and he ate it. And uh, yeah, he got fired. He's walking down the beach by himself. It's a cloudy day. And uh, and he sees off in the distance, out over the water, something come flying out of the sky and smash into the water. And he stands there and he, he you know, looks out. He doesn't see anything come to the surface. And he waits. And then eventually... Something kind of starts surfacing and crawling towards him out of the water. Ooh. And he's having a hard time telling what shape or what, what it is exactly, because it just kind of looks like a, maybe he thinks it's a big jellyfish, but it's about the size of, well, it's about six or seven feet long. Mm. And eventually it kind of looks, it's just an enormous worm, this big gray blackish worm. It's kind of flat and it comes crawling out and he, you know, jumps back and, uh, and the worm rears up and a little mouth appears and uh and it basically tells him well spoken he's the last one. yeah he's the last remaining survivor of his species mm-hmm. kind of a uh clark kent type you know like if clark kent was a worm god what a twist that would be man why isn't written why isn't anyone written a what if about if superman was a worm sounds like you got some dc pitching to do after we're yeah. done here yeah sounds good okay uh sorry chris uh i can't give you your superhero today because i'm pitching it to dc just stumbled on great idea <laughs> podcast over <laughs> just a piece of paper with the words clark kent and worm and a lot of question marks <laughs> circling around <laughs> um, okay it. anyway describes this he says he's dying and he needs in this environment he needs oh i guess it's kind of like venom damn it i just watched venom this week and i didn't realize mm. i was just writing a venom the inspirato it's, seeps it's liter- in. it happens this is the it? second time that's happened where i accidentally like anyway hey it happened to johnny hicks with first 15 lives of harry august bringing it back i read a book <sighs> oh my god um <laughs> stop bragging about it uh he uh he tells him he needs basically to venom into somebody just like the goop and venom oh geez uh, now, we're, but, now we're just getting into plagiarism <laughs> no it literally is i didn't i promise this is not the angle i was thinking of when i kind of yeah no no it um, you. and he tells him uh you know i i need to do this but this trade-off you know it will give you great powers and uh he goes uh, i don't know man i guess so i don't have anything else going on i just lost my job and i, I really don't have much else going for me if you say so if you're the last member of your species so this worm kind of just crawls up and slurps its way down his throat and uh and he just kind of feels it like on the inside of his body so what happens now is he now has a worm who's named jim uh, jim in in his head and in his body and the thing about this worm is that it gives him regenerative powers so if he loses a limb or gets any kind of injury uh you know worms i don't know if you know this but like planarians you can uh hack them all up and they just kind of grow back and What's that from? In, oh, it's like a real worm. They're disgusting. What? Um, we have worms in our ears? 
No, no, they're not in your ears. They're Everyone like, has a worm in your ear right now. Check. <laughs> Everyone run. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and it's constantly regenerating. So he has the power to constantly regenerate, but he also has this worm, this big worm man inside of him named Jim. Here's the thing. Jim's, uh, he's kind of a voyeur, and uh, mm. he's like, he's always pushing Chris into, he's like a little bit of a hedonist, turns out. He's, he came off, came off all proper and prim before right. he got into Chris, and now he's just like, you know, wolf whistling at ladies, he's trying to get Chris to, you know, eat all the whole cake. So, like, who's the whistling, the worm or, or um, Chris? Oh, he's not making Chris whistle, but, like, Chris just hears in his head, like, yeah. a very horny worm yeah. all the time. And, you know, and it's like, you can't. You can't have intimate times anymore without Jim in there, like hooting, hooting and hollering the whole time. Uh-huh. So I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I had a hooting and hollering section in my head. <laughs> that sounds really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just like woo, 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 yeah. Dave, like cheering go me on. Go for it. That sounds like a blast. Just, what? Just, what about when you're just by yourself, though, Dave? Well, they wouldn't be hooting and hollering then. There'd be nothing to hoot about. Just crying. <laughs> That's different. Just a soft weeping as yeah. you, uh, okay. Um, anyway, so he decides to, uh, to, you know, to use this basic invulnerability for good and to go out and become a hero. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's a oh. hero with a lewd worm in his ear. Yep. Uh, the worm also has like lots of cosmic knowledge. So he kind of has a, a view into the, you know, the, the wide world of aliens and outer space. And yeah. he is Captain Planarian. Captain Planarian, which Zach says is a real thing. I like oh, it. Oh, look it up. It is horrifying. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Is the worm now is the worm in his left ear or right ear? This is very important. No, this worm is like the size of you. It's like seven feet long. We all have seven feet long worms in our bodies. Yes, Dave. Oh my gosh. God. I thought just... that was an intestine. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, oh Welcome, we Captain Planarian, to the club. Okay, we uh we just have one more um I've got an update for Jorg Eitner, son of son of God. S-O-S-O-G. Okay, I'll try to make this a little bit quicker. Um, okay, so Jorg Eitner, trying to figure out who he is, doesn't know his parentage, doesn't understand where he's coming from. He's got all these weird feelings and abilities, maybe, that he, he hasn't quite grappled with or understood. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's taking a walk through the woods one day. Everyone's just taking walks, apparently. A lot of walks. come across weird sentient animals uh, because he comes across... The sexiest looking deer you've ever seen. Very lot of <laughs> lot of sexy animals. All right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Carry on. Um, it's just like he's just like. I mean, I'm not normally into deer, but like if I was, I'd be into this deer. That's a that's the first <laughs> that's the biggest lie you've told on this podcast. So far. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um. Yeah. So uh, he's you know he's walking by this deer off the pe- the path, and it says, "Wait, please, son." And he, did that, did that deer just call me son? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And this deer explains to him, I'm your mother. And your father, it's not just one father. You have many fathers and they're all gods. Oh, no. Mom. <laughs> because what do gods like to do more than have sex with deer? Uh, not much. sex with deer? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like. Oh, okay. So, turns out that this deer, his mother, Buck had you know, passion. <laughs> you looked really ashamed of yourself the moment you said that. Yeah, yeah well, it's just a ball of shame we're rolling right here. Carry yep. on. Um, uh, had passionate love affairs with at least five different gods, which no shame. I mean, good for her. Um, but uh, she uh, she does say 
you know, there were a few times that she uh, she partied a little hard, and maybe there was another god or two she can't quite remember. But oh, she knows for sure she's that Yorg has five different fathers. Because, you know, gods, you can have five different people impregnate one deer and uh-huh, uh-huh. create one so This is one common son. knowledge. Yeah, of course. I mean, biology, temp, <laughs> time, none of that really matters. She, she even says... That, that is impressive timing, I will give them. She says, well... Do you read comics, Yorg? And he says yes. And he goes, Do I? So, so you've read Shazam, right? You know Shazam, right? And he's like, Yeah, sure, of course. And he, she's like, Well, it's kind of like that, but you are Bafam. <laughs> what? B B A F A M Bafam. Okay. Uh huh. Because of your five fathers, which maybe it would have been seven, but I didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> so the five fathers of Bafam are Balder. From which he gets his heroism and bravery, Balder, which we kind of know from Marvel Comics, the Norse god. Mm-hmm. Or Addis. Addis, who's a minor Greek god, god of vegetation. And the thing about Yorg's powers from Addis is that he can grow vegetation by spilling his blood. <laughs> oh. So if he spills blood, it is kind of like uh, instant vegetable growth. And you're talking about like if he's carrying a cup of it and he trips. And no, I'm saying like cup. if it spills on the ground, if, if any of his blood touches the ground, immediately vegetables pop up. Okay. Uh, Fujin, which is a Japanese wind god, which means that he has big lungs and big windy lung power. Uh, he can <laughs> he can blow real good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good uh, job, Anubis, York. Egyptian god of death, jackalhead. That's where he gets his sneaky cunning side. And also, he's real good at killing people. Ooh. And then... She uh she kind of says ashamedly, uh, I'm sorry about this last one because I think this will be a burden more than anything. Uh, I did have an affair with an Aztec god. <laughs> I have to try to say this. Mictan Lakutli, uh, which is another god of death, but mostly obsessed with cannibalism. So if you are Ooh, hungry for people, unfortunately, it, uh, it does come from your father. But that's only one fifth of you. So, you know, maybe you can resist. He's one fifth cannibal. So... Son of Son of God. Now, Bafam. All right. So, so is his name changing, or we just know his true name? I mean, that's his. Uh, I mean, that's his true name. He, he I feel like I feel like wants. we know his true name. Yeah, Son of Son yeah, of yeah. God is still the series title. Sure. Yeah. 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 Right. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go, Yorg. Nice addition. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, as always, for those of you contributing to the My Marvelous Year Shared Universe backing on Patreon. Your support is much appreciated, and the My Marvelous Year Universe is a growing. Get yep, big, yeah. baby. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us. 75 variant cover. This was a, a wild one, a chaotic yeah, one. Yeah, it was fun. But, uh, fun. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. So we'll be back next week with 1976 part one. Again, you can find the list for all those comics in the show notes. As always, um, it's music for the show is by Disaster Piece. You can find out more about us at patreon.com slash year. And anything else you want to, you wanna, what's the word, um, hype up? Uh... Wrecks, checks, breakdowns. What you got? <laughs> let's uh, let's spend uh, half an hour talking about Hoxpox. Mm, I'd that's... rather not. <laughs> honestly, oh, have you? Uh, are you tired of talking about it yet? I'm tired of just seeing people. Uh, talk about you know, it, I kind of. I'm doing a reread actually, and I kind of need to formulate my thoughts. Um, here's the thing: when we get to 2019, you're gonna get a real good. Comic. You know what, though? You're gonna you know get what? it. And this is this is it's no my shame directed specifically at you because I haven't been like watching your YouTube videos or anything. Okay. But honestly, I think everyone's like a little going a little over analyzing it. 
I think everyone's like, like, I just finished the series, all 12 issues, and it's like, I feel like all the uh, annotations and all the, like, deep dives and stuff are, like, maybe a little bit too, like, trying to extrapolate outwards, you know what I mean? I think, like, I think anything that is, like, theories about, oh, I bet this happens next yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is inherently doomed. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it, know, it is part like... of the, like, cycle of, like, if you write about comic books, if you're not writing about this, you're not in the conversation right so like there is you know almost yeah but i don't that's not like i know that's not my inspiration and i think that's one of the coolest things about house of x and powers of 10 is most people's inspiration right now is just holy holy crap this is so much fun i'm really enthusiastic about how good this is so it's coming from a much purer place of like fandom than frankly i've seen since i've enjoyed comics and that's the coolest thing about it i think oh i mean it's it's awesome like i love it i like i really enjoyed it I have no shade to throw against it. Like like and something like, like a doomsday clock generates yeah, yeah, yeah. a bunch of analysis like you're talking about in annotation because it is of it is marketed and it is of a size that you you should talk about it if you are interested in viewers, you know, or you should mm-hmm. talk about yeah. it if you're interested in clicks. I mean, like there's the, the some way that of we that. would we would go have our Joker hot takes if we Really yeah, cared about that. Yeah, right. Like if you're if you're cinema or entertainment or whatever, like you don't talk about the Joker, you're missing a weird popular thing. House of X and Powers of Ten, it's there is that element because it's doing so well, but it's also just like everyone's just loving it. <laughs> and oh, it's great. And yeah. just like it it inspires, I think, um talking about it, at least that it has in my case. I mean the I weird thing about it that. is like for you, it's been inspiring these like deep dive videos about like Namor, Phalanx. Mr. Sinister. Yeah, I'll take Moira I'll take Taggart. a really specific element of it. Yeah, yeah, which uh, is cool, and I actually love that part of it. It's just like does. I don't know who Phalanx is, like, but I don't need to for the comic. Like, the comic does a good enough job filling in who and what he is. But like, there's this whole history, so it is sending people on these deep dives to the like more obscure corners of the X Men, you know, lore pantheon. Yeah, it's all whatever. it's all bonus stuff. I think it does an amazing job for twelve issues of being new reader friendly. Like, I don't. I mean, I. I don't read it's modern kind of X-Men incredible. comics. I don't read. I haven't read a modern X Men comic, and I followed it totally fine. I don't think yeah. I've read a, an X Men comic that wasn't like a uh, you know a retelling of the '60s or '70s you know period after 1985. So, and I followed along totally fine. Yeah, it's good. Yep, check it. Yeah, out it's pretty good. In plus. Uh, in three or four years, when we get there in the My Marvelous Year Club. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening, and as always, we will see you in 1976. See you next year. See you next year.